Amen. Amen. You guys ready to receive the word? The reason today I said it has to be today is because it's a today word. Before I get into it, the title of my message is Rooted. Rooted. Now, no one in here besides one person knew what I was going to preach today. And God has just been weaving those words all throughout last week at prayer at Wednesday and especially today. So the title of the message is Rooted. I just believe it's a season that God is moving us into, and we just need to pay attention. So often, we aren't paying attention to the very places where, we, where, he, where we're at. Just like in this room together, God will speak things. And if we're not paying attention, we miss the continuation or where he just says a statement, and then he'll wait, and then he'll repeat another word. He repeats things so that what? We will listen throughout the Bible. How many times did he say, do not fear, but be of, of strong courage? Do not be afraid, but be of strong courage. Things that he wants us to get and to grasp, he repeats. He repeats it because why? We're not very good at listening. So if you'll just listen to what God is saying throughout what everyone is sharing, people aren't just sharing just to express what they, they feel or what they think, oh, this would be a nice place to put this here. God is leading us to the place where he wants us. See, he has something really designed perfectly for us. So before I get into the message, I want to have a quick follow-up. I want to ask you a question concerning Cammie's sermon last week. My question is, did any of you check your car's oil? How many people missed it? Did y'all, did y'all hear her say that? She said everyone should check their oil occasionally, and then she slammed all the guys in the room. No, no one got that? <laughs> I remember. I, amen. Amen. What was interesting when I wrote that out and I thought of that question, did any of you check your oil? I actually thought, man, that's an amazing sermon title. Referring to the ten virgins in the New Testament had their, their lampstand, their oil. They, they weren't prepared because they didn't have their oil. So my, really my question is, did you check your oil last week? And I also have a little bit of a confession that during Cammie's sermon, a couple times I, I got upset. Okay, I got upset because she used one of my stories and one of my scriptures that God had given me. How dare she use the scripture and the story I was going to use. But because I'm stubborn... And because God gave it to me first, I'm going to go ahead and use it today again. And then y'all will just have to listen and see if you remember what I'm repeating that she said last week. You know, in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes 3 declares, for everything there is a season. Now, if you're like me, I thought that was a Beatles song. To everything turn. It's not a Beatles song. Maybe y'all knew that. I looked it up. It's called The Birds. What's up with the animals back in the 70s? They're bands of me. But Scripture declares in Ecclesiastes 3, for everything there is a season. I just believe we're in a season that God is wanting to uproot and pull out things in our life that have been planted. He's also wanting to make sure we don't put our roots in something he doesn't want us to going forward. So verse 2 in Ecclesiastes 3 says this, a time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. So today I want to talk about a time to plant and a time to uproot. You know, if I could, could sum up Cammie's sermon, and I do recommend you listening to it again. I listened to it. It's an amazing sermon. Lots of stuff you can take away in there. Meditate on and just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal even more things. If I could sum up in sort of one word, I would say her sermon regarded around agreement. It's agreement in those things that we don't realize we're in agreement with and how we actually curse our lives 
rather than bless our lives because we agree with the wrong things. What she began last week is a necessary and powerful first step because the first step enables you to take the next step. So what I want to go over today is hopefully we take the next step so that we can keep moving in the right direction where God wants us to be. So this is called Rooted. I can't help but when I think about gardening and uprooting, I'm reminded of when I was a wee little lad, probably like, you know, 10 or 11. It was just my mom, my three sisters. We had really hit financially hard times. We went through a very difficult season. We had moved in with my mother's parents, our grandparents. We were staying with them because we had nowhere place really to go. We couldn't afford it, you know, rent or anything like that. So we were living with them, and my grandparents decided that they were going to go to California to visit their family. Now, grandparents, old school, grew a garden, beautiful garden. We always had corn, peas. My grandmother was the world's greatest cook. She was always canning fruits and vegetables and all that stuff. So my grandparents are decided they're going to go visit their, their relatives in California. So my grandfather asked me, I'm going to put you in charge of the garden. Can you take care of it? Sure, no problem. No problem. I got you. I got you. So grandparents went away, and when they returned, what he came back to was weeds, overgrown, dead garden. I can still picture it to this day. Weeds this tall. I didn't do one thing. So needless to say, he was, I was never asked again to take care of a garden. But what I learned from that mistake was that it's easy for weeds to grow and plants to die, but it takes work and effort to see a good crop produced. Colossians 2.7 says this, Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. See, I want you to look at the words having been. Now, you might think that the Colossians 2, 7, he's speaking to those outside of Christ. But the truth is, this letter is to those having been saved. See, having been is a qualifying phrase, meaning something that is already taking place. So he's speaking to the body of Christ. He's saying, having been firmly rooted. See, I just get this sense that it's the season that God is calling us to pay attention, take stock in the things we are rooted in, and additionally, what we will root ourselves in. There's a choice. We have the choice to decide what we put our roots in and what we get nurturing from, because what we root ourselves in today produces fruit tomorrow. The world is rooted in self, self-help books, self-healing practices, manifesting, astral projection, idolatry, new age practices, the occult, superstition, astrology, tarot card reading, psychics, witchcraft, black magic, white magic, and it goes on and on and on. And I believe the greatest deception is that it's crept into the church without even being called out. It's even declared harmless. But I assure you, it's not harmless. See, rooted is an agricultural term that means firmly established in the ground. See, like the roots that are the anchor of a plant, Jesus anchors our faith, or though he should. See, we can only be as established, nurtured, and growing as our root systems are in him and his word. 
Otherwise, we are like saplings, vulnerable to the heavy rains of life and the winds of all kinds of false doctrine. We must take root downward to bear fruit upwards. That's out of 2 Kings 19.30. See, in the New Testament, Matthew 13, 3-9 says this. Reading out of the New American Standard in ASB, Matthew 13, 3-9 says this. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up immediately because they had no depth of soil. Verse 6, But after the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. But others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times as much. Verse 9, the one who has ears, let him hear. Just so we know, a parable is just a story. It's an analogy to, to relate to who we are, what Christ is wanting to do this. We are the ones being sowed into. Our hearts determine if we receive the word, we reject the word. If there's not a place or good soil in our hearts for the word to go into, it, it withers away very quickly. I want to just give you the definition of a root. The part of the plant which attaches to the ground or to support, typically underground, conveying water, so it brings water and nourishment to the rest of the plant via numerous branches and fibers. The root is the avenue by which the plant is sustained. Because of trauma I experienced as a child, I was rooted in crippling rejection. I had extreme rejection. I was afraid of authority. I trusted no one. I had the fear of man. I never felt accepted. Always felt like I was a burden or in the way. See, I never felt like I fit in, and I always, always, always felt like I never measured up. So I know what it's like to feel rooted in the wrong things. See, but God wants us to know we don't have to live rooted in our old man. He died so that we could be free. See, I was confronted with truth. I knew I hated the way I felt. I knew I hated the way I reacted. I hated my behavior, my thoughts. But the way I felt was all I knew. And to do something new meant I had to let go. And even letting go made me afraid of what might be next. But I had a decision. Do I continue to live in misery or do I believe with the words that God has spoken on to me? Do I let go of my past? Do I hold on to what the truth is? See, I had a choice to make. Do I surround myself believing, Pastor Lena, Pastor Easy, Cammie, the words that they were speaking to me, I had a choice. Do I believe these words as true, and will I make the change? And once I made the decision that the lies I no longer wanted, even though the lies felt more comfortable than the truth, because when you let go of a thing, it feels unnatural to let go of a thing you despise. But God is wanting to bring us to a place of freedom. See, I had to recognize that this was truth. And when I would recognize the truth, the root, the lie, would be uprooted and a new root would be planted. And with each decision, a new root system was being replaced. It was replacing the old and the new. So we must establish the root system in him. And then I began to find strength. 
We are to be rooted in Jesus. We just read that we are to be firmly rooted, but you must be rooted in the right thing. See, we must establish strong roots in him if, 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 big if, if we are to live the overcoming life he has called us to. See, that doesn't mean we don't go through stuff. It just means the word says we have overcome. We can overcome when we yield to him. It doesn't mean things won't happen. Things won't come our way. It just means when things come, we can what? Overcome them. See, we think nothing should come our way. He said, you shall overcome. Not things will overcome you. You shall overcome. So don't agree. Do not agree with a perverse word that if God loves you, nothing will happen in your life. I am not speaking curses over you. I'm saying we live in a fallen world and crap happens. But I want you to know that God says, you shall overcome with me. There we will find strength if our roots are dug deep in him and we pull on the right food source. So often we pull on the source of rejection. We pull on the source of pride. We pull on the source of chaos. We pull on the source of anger. We pull on the source of lust. There are so many sources we can pull from. But he's saying today, just decide with me to pull from the source of life. There's a water that flows. There is life coming to you. But we must choose the place we pull our power from from you have a choice see a plant just gets planted it doesn't have a choice we decide where our roots go and that's the problem we must be rooted in Jesus firmly rooted firmly rooted strong roots develop a strong foundation Pastor Easy has preached. The deeper the foundation, there's your hint, the higher the structure it can go. See, his experience in commercial development has taught him this. And he also saw it in, in Scripture where it's applicable to our Christian faith. And this is a good thing. The deeper the foundation, the higher the, the building can go. But you can also develop a foundation in the wrong things. See, I had developed a deep foundation in insecurity, shame, guilt. Didn't want anybody to know, really know who I was. I hid myself. I would develop a personality, not that I was schizophrenic. I'm not trying to say that. People have mental issues. I'm not trying to play that. What I'm saying is I would develop a personality that I thought the person might want because I was afraid of who I was or afraid that they might see who I was. So I, was, I carried around shame and guilt, and that structure and foundation was strong. But it took a demolition, if, if you will, of pulling down every stronghold that had developed in my life so that a new foundation on truth could be built. And let me tell you, I am one who didn't think that was possible for me. I thought it was great for others. I would see others get freedom, and I would champion their cause. But in the back of my mind, I thought it could only happen for them and not for me. In fact, when I, I joined this church in 1997, I know I look 13. I'm not. I joined this church in 1997. Uh, there was a, a worship leader at the time. I had been in the church maybe a few months. I never spoke a word. Some people wish I wouldn't again. I never spoke a word. I didn't lead worship. I had no aspirations for that. Didn't want to be in front of people. Hated public speaking. Here I am. All of this. And so the worship leader at the time, he's praying over me. 
And he just says, and I see you doing the same thing I'm doing. You will preach the word. You will lead worship. And in my mind, I thought, you are crazy. This is not going to happen. Just don't say no to God. (laughs) Well, you could, and I wouldn't be here. But if you say yes, all things are possible. All things. And I'll just say this. All things are possible not just because I'm standing in a pulpit. All things are possible at your workplace. All things are possible at the grocery store. All things are possible at the mission field. All things are possible walking down the store, walking on the street, taking, all things are possible. So how do we develop strong roots? Strong roots dig deep. Here's my advice. We turn to his counsel in his word. See, anything we need can be found in his word if we search it out. Oh, God, I just need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Go. Okay, we'll go to the Word. Uh, um, I, I forgot my Bible, so, uh, um, um, yeah, well, I, I, what, what, what do the words say? I don't know. I never opened the Word. Oh, so you're playing Russian roulette with her. You just fan, fan the book open and say, what you got in here? Look, God doesn't speak like that. He can but most of the time, there's this thing called Google search, or you look up a Bible, and you think, okay, I'm going through this. What can I do? So you just search out the words where that particular issue you're going through. You can find where God is speaking on that subject. So my advice is seek out the word if you're looking for truth. Most people say they want the truth, but they don't really seek out for the truth. I was there. You say you want freedom. You say you want liberty. You say you want to, to start a new life. But really, it's just a lot of work. I got to let go of all the stuff I, I, I want to hang on to. You know, this, this resentment, it kind of feels good. This unforgiveness kind of feels good. But there's a choice we got to make if we want to develop the right root structure. See, if I'm going through something, my first action must be to turn to his word and see what he says about it. Not what your neighbor says about it. Not what the news says about it. Not what social media says about it. Now, if your pastor says it, great. But really, you should seek out the word first. Can I get an amen? Before you go making phone calls to Pastor Lena, I want you to search the word out and see if what God says before you call. Oh, uh uh-huh, I'm doing it. Before you make that phone call, just see what the word says. Okay, you don't always need to turn to Pastor Lena. You can turn to the word that's even higher, the word of God. All right, amen. She'll probably talk to me later. That's okay. I believe it. I strongly believe what I just said. It's time for us to mature. So if I'm going through something, my first action must be to what? Turn to Pastor Lena? Nope. Turn to Pastor Easy? Nope. Turn to Pastor Allen? Nope. Turn to the Word. His Word. That must be our beginning reflex. Turn to the Word. See, we turn to everything but the Word. The Word was written so that we could live life and overcoming life. Not just life, but life in abundance. His Word is the clearest guide. God, what do you say? Built up. It's a term meaning to come closer to completion, as in a building nearing the final touches, following a pre-designed plan. Let me give you a picture of what, when it says in Colossians 2, 7, and now being built up in him. Let me just give you a picture of what that means. If you're a builder, 
And an architect has plans in his hands. He has a blueprint. He brings you those plans. You get them as the builder, as the contractor. You take those and you build the structure according to the blueprint and the plans. That's what being built up means. It means you follow the pre-designed pattern. God has a design and a pattern that we are to follow. And if we do, we will see growth, success, and we will become strong in him. But see, Philippians 1.6 also says this, For I am confident of this very thing. Pastor Lena spoke this just during flow. I'm telling you, the whole time I thought my sermon is being preached, but I'm going to preach it still. Philippians 1.6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. I believe he who began a first work in you will see it to completion. Let me say it again. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among us will complete it to the day of Christ. But it's conditional. You have to allow it to be done in you. A building cannot build itself, but it must allow structure to be built upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, truth upon truth, upon truth, upon truth, upon truth. I was never strong in my faith or strong in what I thought until I allowed to be built upon the solid rock, the foundation of his word, and that changed everything. And here's the part where if you want to see good fruit in our life, it takes effort. Remember, it's easy. It was easy for me to ignore my grandfather's garden. Easy. Those weeds grew up, corn died, everything wasted. Easy. I did nothing. Sat back, just let it happen. But in order for him to get a new crop going, he had to go in there, tear out everything. He had to break up that hardened ground. He got the till. It had to work it in all the time looking at me. This you made me do. See, and that's probably what God thinks. Why are you making me do this again? But you know what? The grace of God is sufficient. We may have done dumb things. We may have done stupid things. But the Lord will have mercy on us. And he will retoil the ground as long as you will let him. But I have a word for you. If you'll just let him, it's a whole lot easier than if we just resist him. How many times does he have to retoil? your heart but he will but oh it was so much so much quicker and you would have so much more freedom if you just allowed him access so to be established in him means to make firm confirm and make sure this is a well-established deeply rooted fixed faith in jesus christ how do we stay rooted prayer faith action Scripture says, faith without works is dead. James 2.17, in the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith, come on, Pastor Easy, is the certainty of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. This is the hallmark scripture that Pastor Easy lives by. If there's anyone that walks in faith, it's Pastor Easy. The book, Never Give Up, I, I don't know if you've read it. Get another copy, give it out to him. It is so inspiring. The level, I hope to one day achieve 
the um, level of faith that Pastor Easy has, has, uh, has exemplified in his life. You may not hear his voice much on Sunday mornings, but let me just tell you, this man is walking, living faith. He believes what God says. He has the most childlike faith, and he has seen miracles upon miracles upon miracles that I could only hope to touch. See, faith isn't asleep. It's in action. How do I know you have faith? Your works show it. See, your work is a product of your faith. Your faith isn't a product of your work. See, when does one know how strong or how deep their roots are? When the wind begins to blow, when the storm begins to strengthen, and when you start to feel the pull, the tug. See, during the calm times, or when there's a nice, gentle breeze, Weak root systems aren't exposed. Weak root systems are exposed during a high disturbance. I know when I faced things in my life, things weren't so pleasant, things weren't so easy. All of a sudden, I realized how weak I actually was and how much I needed to draw upon him, not upon my circumstance. See, our weak root systems are exposed when we go through a disturbance. Howard Partridge, many of you heard him uh, several weeks ago. He was here on a Sunday. We just did a Monday morning Christian seminar with him. He said this, and I know it's from the Bible, but I'm just quoting him. The fruit comes from the root. The fruit comes from the root. See, most of you, I just want to, you've heard this phrase, money is the root of all evil. Okay, I'm going to quickly go, I'm going to quickly go so I can wrap this up. I just have eh, a few more pages. Money is the root of all evil. You've heard that, right? Has anyone heard that? Money's real. Okay. So then you come to church and we say, no, no, no. What the, the truth is, the scripture says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay. Really, though, technically, this is what the verse says. The verse says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All kinds. Why is that? Because when you're driven to get something, you will step on anyone possible to have access to what you want. When you no longer care about people and you care about an object over people, you will do all kinds of things to succeed at your goal. That's why the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil because it's fed with pride. It's fed with attaining this, this goal. It's, it's all about possessing something. And see, the truth is nothing will change in our life, no matter what our old root system, nothing will change until you stop giving life to that root. We've got to stop drawing from the wrong food source. The food source must be cut off from the old ways to the new things. The scripture says, behold, all things are new. We have a new source, the Spirit of God, in which to draw our nutrients from, but we must choose to put our root system in the Spirit and not the old, dry, nutrient-deficient soil of our flesh. See, when I read Ecclesiastes 3, 2, in that verse where it says uproot, here's actually what that Hebrew word means there. It means to hamstring. Now, I know we have a contingency of gym rats over here. And when I said hamstrings, you thought about leg day? Because when I read the words hamstring, I thought, I just did leg day. It's pretty brutal. So to hamstring something means to make ineffective. Listen to this. When God talks about uprooting, it means to hamstring. So it means to make ineffective or powerless to disable. You've got to disable some things in your life. 
You've got to disable some things in your life. See, the way we must treat any root planted in what our flesh desires is to rip that thing out. We need to disable, make powerless, anything outside of God. See, our flesh wants to win out, but there is a way for our flesh not to win, and it's called walking in the Spirit. And I'm going to do a little plug. I, I preached a few weeks ago, Call to Freedom. Listen to the podcast. That's how you'll learn how to walk in the Spirit. Okay, so we are called to one thing. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 says, we are to be rooted in love. Ephesians 3, 17, I'm going to read. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. See, not in bitterness, accusations, blame, selfish ambition, hatred, jealousy, envy, but love. There is only one love, and that is the love that Jesus had for you when he gave his life on the cross. That is the kind of love the Bible describes. But we tend to be rooted in, I'm not enough. I will never amount to anything. I don't deserve this. Freedom is for someone else, not for me. But the Lord gave his life so that you could be free. I used to think that everything was for the other people and not for me, but I had to uproot the false root system that supported the lie. I had to say, no, 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 that word, his word is for me too. The word is for you. There's this scripture in James 3, 11 through 12, and it talks about fresh water and bitter water. Does it come out of the same source? Verse 11 says this, does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives, or a vine bear figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. And the point is this. It doesn't, and it shouldn't. But the truth is, we do it all the time. How? We speak in division. How do we do that? We speak faith one breath, and with the very next breath, we speak fear. We speak doubt. We speak confusion. We speak failure. How is that? How does the same tongue deliver both fresh and bitter water? Because, 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 because we have our roots in different soil. And depending on what's going on in us, we choose to pull from that source. We must pay attention to the fruit being produced in our lives. We are separated from where the root in our lives actually come from, the, the fruit that is produced in our lives. Think of this. You go to the grocery store. You see an apple. You don't think about where that apple has come from because we're disconnected from the source. But we cannot be disconnected from the source in our lives. When you see fruit produced, whether good or bad, you need to recognize where that fruit is coming from. The fruit in us, because we're divided, tends to be bitter and sweet. So my question is, what are you rooted in? What fruit are you producing? Not what fruit do you want to produce. What fruit are you producing? It's nice to say you want to produce love, but you're ticked off all the time. Or you're hating someone. Or you're wishing ill on them. What? Not what you want. What you want is great. But you need to look at what you're actually producing. See, I had to face the fact I was producing fear, 
I was producing doubt, worry, shame, guilt. It took me, don't advise this, probably 15 years in order just to come out from under shame. When I would lift my hands in worship and they would talk about holy, I knew he was holy, but there was such a disconnect in me because I felt dirty. I felt wrong. I didn't feel like I measured up. So I would lift my hands, but on the inside, I was thinking I could never be holy to worship a holy God. But he calls us holy. So we have to agree with what heaven says, not what our feeling says, not what our trauma says, not what our past says. But we've got to agree with what he is saying and what he's wanting to produce in our lives. James 3, 9, 10 says this. Verse 9, with it, speaking of the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. It should not be this way. See, this isn't just a message about your past roots, but also about your future. What will you choose to put your roots is? See, what we're used to doing feels natural. And when you start to do a new thing, it feels unnatural. See, so it takes time and actively choosing the new until the new feels natural. It's just how we are. Everything feels difficult. When something is introduced in your schedule, if it's new, it feels, oh, this is take too much time. And then when you do it after a long amount of time, it just feels normal. See, we've got to confront what feels natural in order to get what should come natural in the spirit. You, get, you with me? You tracking with me? See, the good news is when I looked up about pulling out weeds, do you know the best time to pull out weeds is? After the rain. Because the water has softened the ground. Is this not the very heart of God? He waters our hearts with his word. Being careful not to just pull out the and rip out the bad root, but he waters our hearts so that we are able, our hearts are tenderized, and then he is able to pull out the bad root with ease. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. Let me tell you this. Bitterness robs you of joy. Bitterness is unresolved, unforgiven anger and resentment. Bitterness is the result of anger changing, changing from an experience to a belief. I'm going to repeat that. Bitterness is the result of anger changing from an experience to a belief. See, we've become so used to the taste that it's no longer bitter to us. See, if you eat a certain spicy food or a certain sour food if, or a sweet food is in your diet, you eat it long enough, you don't even notice the potency that it once had when you first tasted of it. You get used to it. You become accustomed to its taste. But the law in Jesus came to show us how bitter our fruit actually was. So the question is, how do I avoid bitterness? With overflowing gratitude. The end of that scripture Colossians 2, 7 says, and overflowing with gratitude, we are to abound in thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving is a heart posture, gratefully acknowledging the kindness, favor, blessings, and eternal benefits of knowing God. See, it's hard to be bitter or resentful when you are grateful and express attitude, gratitude. See, I've noticed it's easy to be around grateful people and difficult to be around ungrateful people. 
So what does overflowing gratitude look like? It means to exceed beyond the ordinary. That means when I think I'm grateful enough, I keep going. I exceed going beyond the expected measure. I go further. I keep going. I push past. I surpass my own standard of thanksgiving. That is overflowing gratitude. That means my gratitude will never end and it will never cease. I've got to always outdo myself in gratitude. That is the biblical definition and standard on gratitude. I'll close with this. Colossians 1, 6, and 10. Colossians 1, 6, and 10. 6 and 10. That has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 2.7 is that answer. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. How do we bear good fruit? By remaining rooted in Jesus. Amen? Stand with me. We're going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just offer our lives to you right now that you would come and show us where we are producing bitter fruit and we've just become accustomed to it. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you want to uproot the things that the enemy has planted in us. You want to uproot things that we have fed for years and years, maybe decades. God, you are wanting to bring us into a new life in you. Father, we make the choice today we choose to be fed by your word, by your presence, by everything that proceeds from your mouth. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we want you. We ask that you would expose the old root systems in our hearts, the places where we are believing a lie, the place where we are rejecting your truth, God. Lord, we thank you that you are uprooting something in all of us, God, because you are desiring a new thing. So we thank you, Lord, that we are rooted and we are established in you, God. And may we continue to stay rooted in your word, God. We thank you going forward, God, that we will become aware of the fruit that we are producing in our lives. That we won't be ignorant of the enemy's devices or his strategies. God, we won't be ignorant of the fruit that we are producing. And we say that you will finish a work you've begun in us. That you will see it to completion. So we yield to you fresh, God. We yield to you again, God. Work in our hearts. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.